Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Intelligent Transport Podcast, sponsored by Ballard. On this episode, I'm joined by David York, who recently joined Ballard as Market Development Manager. Over the course of the next 20 minutes or so, we'll be discussing all things hydrogen fuel cell, from sustainability and air quality to total cost of ownership, durability and operational benefits. So David, you're new to Ballard Power, having only joined in April 2020. I want to start off by getting a uh, a rough idea of what your role is at the company, what your new position is all about, uh, and also what it's been like having joined a new firm during a global pandemic. Hi Luke, um, yeah, thanks for having me. So it's been a, a quite a strange start with the COVID problems going on, but uh, but I'm settling into it well. So my my focus is initially on bus and heavy duty applications for for fuel cell uh, applications in marine rail trucks. And as I said, the, my initial focus is on on bus fuel cell buses. Um, you could say I'm I'm here to promote the other electric bus because fundamentally a fuel cell electric vehicle is 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 a electric vehicle but you're just getting the electricity from a fuel cell as opposed for from a plug in the wall i'll also foster relationships and and try to help the ecosystems to get the business case right for for heavy duty fuel cell electric vehicles i've got into this role through operating fuel cell buses in the london so i started that role in 2009 and i helped manage um the setup of the projects I, I did a lot of the maintenance processes i did a awful lot of work on safety processes and really how to integrate that project into daily operation of of a bus depot my my view for operating fuel cell buses and fuel cell vehicles in general is is to operate them in a a normal way to integrate them into the normal service. So my passion for for the technology and zero emission transport was was there before that role, but it's grown immensely during that role. And I'm I do care about climate change and air quality issues and how we'll we're going to lead this world for the next generations. And for me, the natural step was to join Ballard. Yeah, absolutely. I think that sustainability point is is absolutely crucial. And the way that, you know, as you said, the world is going to be left for the for the next generations. It's really at the fore at the moment. And while you touched on COVID-19 in your intro as well, and how it's been a kind of strange time starting this new role during the pandemic, I think that's a good place to start. I think bringing those two topics together, you know, how important is it that operators and authorities keep sustainability front of mind during this pandemic and as we transition kind of out of lockdown? Hopefully next year we'll be able to control this this horrible virus or ideally have it eradicated. Hopefully there'll be a vaccine or something to come through uh, to get us out of this, this position we're in. However, Climate change and air quality, they're going to be there after COVID-19. And we can't forget that air quality 
and climate change has caused deaths among people, that does cause respiratory problems amongst people. It will carry on and we need to deal with the issue. I think there's a big opportunity as we come out of the uh, the COVID crisis. Obviously, uh, the economy, um, not just in the UK, but around the world, is uh, is facing big problems. And I think the climate change and air quality issue are, is an area that we can invest in and uh, and and use to help rebuild the economy. So in the future, I think there's a good chance that that the climate change issue will be will be tackled in a in a possibly in a more serious way than it has been done before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things to uh, remember is that despite all the disruption, this pandemic has in a strange kind of way presented new opportunities to transport companies and the sector as as a whole to really improve what they're doing in terms of sustainability and air quality. So as part of that recovery and the opportunities, I want to ask really, I suppose it's a, a question that Ballard are probably you know presented with pretty frequently. Why hydrogen? You know, why hydrogen fuel cells over a typical electric battery bus? Well I think the the important thing to note is that um, a, a battery electric bus or a battery electric vehicle can't do can't do everything. There are restrictions around range, um, charging times, and um, and the the access to charging and thing and a, a number of items that battery electric vehicles don't have all the answers to. There are a number of reports that show that the total cost of ownership of fuel cell electric buses will come close to battery electric buses in the sort of 2023-2024. There's a number of things that I, I believe are often missing from battery electric buses' total cost of ownership. Things like the replacement of batteries is always a little bit um, sketchy on the, the TCO the how you get the power to site um when you talk about a battery electric bus if you're talking about five buses there's not necessarily a problem if you're talking about 50 buses then there's an awful lot of power you need to get to a bus depot and that may not be there so when you come to put the power in it's very expensive there's often you need more space to recharge the buses. That's uh, that's often not there. And certainly in the UK, in London, the space in the bus depot is is absolutely vital because of the range issues. You may need to put on extra buses for a particular route. You may even need extra personnel to administer the use of battery electric buses. All these things are things you don't need on fuel cell electric buses. So, so that's where your TCO um, calculation becomes a lot more a lot more viable with fuel cell electric buses because a fuel cell electric bus is a is pretty much a drop in replacement for a diesel bus, and so you haven't got the range issues. You've got a centralised infrastructure where you can do the fueling at night, 
fueling time is 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 very short um so really a fuel cell electric bus is is just an electric bus uh which provides the same diesel bus flexibility and performance yeah for sure i mean that's obviously you know got to be right right at the top of the uh kind of list of priorities for those operators looking to adopt uh kind of alternatively powered um vehicles for their fleets you know what i want to come back to is your point around the infrastructure and the space how important is that to operators when they're looking at their depots and trying to weigh up what's going to work best for them next to something like range how important is that discussion for them in terms of being able to implement this when space is at a premium it's very important a bus depot certainly in a, in a busy city is a very busy place especially very busy in the middle of the night you need to get the buses in you need to clean the buses you need to wash the buses you need to park the buses and you need to get the buses fueled now pretty much very similar processes have been used for a number of years and that has been quite simple with the diesel buses the bus comes in at night it fuels it washes it's it's swept out it's cleaned it's part and it's ready to go so the process time for a diesel bus is is pretty short when you factor in with a battery electric bus you've got a very significant difference in the process you need to get the bus in and into a position because you do often need a first in first out system so you can't park the bus in a position that it could be blocked in later by later vehicles arriving which again can cause issues where where the space is the beauty of a fuel cell electric bus is that your hydrogen fueling station is very very similar to a diesel fueling station so you can use that same process that's been used for for many many years where the bus comes in it can be fueled it can be cleaned it can be parked up and it's ready to go in in pretty much the same time as it takes for a, for a diesel bus also there's a an opportunity if things go go wrong because if, for instance, a battery electric bus hasn't been plugged in by accident, things do happen, then if it needs to be charged, you're talking a number of hours before that can get out on the route. If you're talking a fuel cell bus that doesn't get fueled and you realise you can then fuel it fairly quickly and you only lose a few minutes, the same as if, if it was a diesel bus. I'm very much a believer in looking forward and I'm not against changing things. However, when systems have been in place for a number of years, there's often a good reason for that. And that's because that that system works. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how important is it, do you think, you know, keeping those processes in place? How much of a help is it for depot staff to not have that learning curve? There is still a learning curve on how to do the hydrogen fueling and and things like that and so there is a there is a learning curve and obviously when you talk about maintenance there's a learning learning curve on the maintenance but you you don't want to be changing everything all all in one go so 
it it's a busy place a bus depot it's it's a hard it's a hard job to get the buses ready for the morning service the morning service is absolutely vital i mean in london the buses are coming in from from about nine o'clock at night and they're still arriving there's lots of 24 hour routes but they're arriving at one o'clock in the morning but then the first ones are going out at four o'clock in the morning there is not the flexibility to to move things around and change things so the more you can keep things the same the the easier it is and the smoother the operation can can work so moving on to low emission vehicles it is important and we all have to get used to the the new type of vehicle but the the more we can just carry on and and do the right thing in the same way i i think it, it's the better don't change too too much in in one go is my personal sort of thoughts on the matter yeah for sure i think that that really makes sense uh, you know it's like you said those morning routes especially those morning services are absolutely crucial you know not just in terms of uh, incoming revenue for bus operators and and the rush hour but also from a passenger perspective as well and for for commutes it's, it's absolutely crucial and when you broaden that out it's vital for the economy as well so it does make perfect sense to keep things you know as you said um as i suppose as normal as possible for those people doing the work and what you you know as you said is a, a very very hectic environment um what i want to move on to next is slightly uh further out from the operational side of of operating these vehicles and to take a look at this market space uh more broadly you know when you're looking at hydrogen fuel cell versus battery electric vehicles what's the competition like in the space and what kind of conversations are you having to have with the industry to ensure them that hydrogen is the right move well th there's no doubt that battery electric vehicles has has sort of momentum at the moment uh there's there's a lot of publicity certainly in the media when when zero emission is talked about it then straight away goes on to talk about uh plug-in battery electric vehicles again it comes back that the battery electric vehicle does have a place in the zero emission world i i, I wouldn't say that i i you know that battery electric vehicles uh don't have a place because they certainly do but we've already discussed the serious limitations and those limitations are are, are especially serious in the in the heavy duty world due to range time of fueling um the time to fuel and so on so there are there are lots of limitations with the battery electric vehicle so my sort of conversation and where we need to go is just to to let people know there is there is an alternative and there are lots and lots of um there is lots and lots of information on and case studies and with the the upcoming jive project and and things like that where a, a, a large number of uh, fuel cell electric buses will be introduced into the operation of buses just to say that there there is a there is an alternative and there are there are fuel cell electric vehicles that can sort out a lot of the problems that you may be 
maybe thinking about maybe seeing with a battery electric bus. So I, I've, I very much consider it's uh, telling people what is there, showing examples of, of where where it works. On the on the Ballard website, uh, Ballard.com, there's there's a lot of information on fuel cell electric buses and fuel cell vehicles and, and the areas that Ballard work in. And they're, they're they're very good documents and give a good good basis to to the operation of, of these vehicles. I think there is a a perception sometimes when the word the word hydrogen and fuel cell that people don't really understand what what that is and the implication of what that is. And again, I think it's very important for myself and and others to explain the consequences of choosing that technology, because obviously there are some training implications. Uh, I, there are some some uh, some safety considerations you would have to do in the same way as you do with high voltage and or, or diesel if it comes to that. So it's important to identify these and see where they are because safety, you can't take safety for granted. But I think knowledge is is important. And the more knowledge you have about a technology, um, the better decision you can make in the future. Yeah, of course, of course. I don't think you'll find anyone that would disagree with that point. You know, it's it's completely logical and I think what you said about people maybe hearing the words fuel cell and not fully understanding it uh, in comparison to the word battery, which, you know, has, I suppose, in a way, much more obvious connotations. We all kind of roughly understand how a battery works. So having, you know, having to impart that kind of knowledge in, in the first place, I suppose, automatically sets battery electric in some ways, you know, slightly further ahead. I think a, a very important point to say is that a fuel cell electric vehicle is an electric vehicle. It's just the source of the electricity is from the fuel cell, not from the plug in, in the wall. So it, the, the technologies actually are fairly close together. They're not as far apart as, as maybe the word in makes people think. Certainly battery electric is, is easy to think of because people... You know, you think of your mobile phone and, and everything else and, and you just think of it being an extension of that. But when you extend that to heavy duty, it's not as simple as you think. And there are also a, an awful lot of considerations with battery electric vehicles. And it's just important that people understand what there is out there to um, to make the operation of their heavy duty vehicles the best it can be. Yeah, for sure. I think what you said earlier about, you know, battery electric vehicle market kind of having a fair bit of forward momentum at the moment. I think it's not it's not going to be long before we see exactly the same happening for hydrogen. Um, there are already reports of enormous investment um, in these technologies. And I think that's only a good thing, um, both for the sector generally and, you know, in terms of the world being able to combat its air quality and sustainability issues. The the last thing I want to raise is next steps. I think it's it's fairly obvious to see where battery technology can and and will improve as we move forward. But what is that situation like for hydrogen and fuel cells? What would you say is really the next step? Well, 
I think it's obvious that battery electric vehicles will improve. I don't think it's quite so obvious that they'll improve as much as people are saying they will improve. I mean, battery electric buses have been operating in a fairly large way for only for a few years. But I haven't seen any great improvements in range, etc., on on battery electric buses. It, it it still seems to be very limited. Batteries still can't cope with with fast charging. There are still serious limitations for use in very hot climates or very cold climates. And the vehicle performance is is very much based on the the state of the battery um, as they naturally degrade there can be long-term planning problems with 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 the range on routes etc because um the batteries you can't get so much state of state of charge in there as you could as far as fuel cells concerns the durability of fuel cells are are proved i mean when we were running the buses in london we had over thirty thousand hours on a number of fuel cell stacks uh, for the buses that we're running in London, which far exceeded expectation at the time. But that's the sort of uh, area we're getting to now. And the um, there there are significant cost reductions with, with scale of fuel cell electric vehicles. It's important that, that the hydrogen production um, gets gets made into larger scale and that's obviously important that we go down a a green hydrogen production route because uh we want a zero well to wheel operation of of hydrogen fuel cell buses there are there are improvements going on in hydrogen uh storage i mean the hydrogen storage we're, we're now moving to type four tanks which are composite tanks which are a lot lighter which is which is a lot better um obviously the lighter the the vehicle the more uh, the more payloads you can get on the more passengers you you can get on so so that that's important fuel cell technology also has the greatest potential for for future cost reduction further cost reduction we touched briefly on total cost of ownership and uh, that will that will continue into the into the future there's some important things to think about that the the fuel cell systems are in manufactured sort of engines for want of a better word but made of steel and carbon materials so there is potential to get the cost cost down and especially at scale and you're not dependent uh, like batteries on on commodities like uh, uh, lithium cobalt um, nickel and things like that so you're not so dependent on on those commodity prices changing and drastically altering the the cost of things so I, th- I think that you will see some improvements in battery technology. I don't think, uh, from what I can see, it's going to be that great. But I think we'll have big improvements in in the hydrogen fuel cell technology, especially around the area of of cost, which at the end of the day is is very uh, very important. 
Absolutely. Like you say, cost and probably that durability that you mentioned as well are, you know, probably two of the two of the factors that are highest up on the list of, of priorities when it comes to operators looking to adopt um, zero emission and low emission vehicles. So it's it's fantastic to hear that that progress is is being made and uh, and so quickly as well when you consider um, you know probably where this kind of market was even five years ago um, I'm aware I've taken up quite a bit of your time already David so um, I think we'll leave it there uh, I just want to say thanks again for for coming on it's been really fascinating to speak to you and, and understand this industry um, a little better um, so yeah thank you very much indeed and uh, I'll speak to you soon thank you my thanks again to David for joining me on this episode. It's always a pleasure to speak to people like David who have a clear passion for what they do, as well as a clear motive in wanting to create a greener world and also make that mission as simple as possible for others. We'll be back in a few weeks' time with another episode. But in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and also become an Intelligent Transport member at intelligenttransport.com to ensure you don't miss out on the rest of our content. For now, on behalf of Intelligent Transport and our sponsor Ballard, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.